Welcome in, listeners. It's time for the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Hussein Axu, Mr. Couch himself, the founder and CEO of the Couch Fantasy Football Community. On today's episode, we talk about my wide receiver tier rankings. Who am I too high on? Who am I too low on? Stay tuned and find out. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partner, Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products kmancoffeeco.com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right y'all it's time for the show mr couch juju talk sports slump buster fantasy football let's get it let's bust a slump and let's enjoy Welcome in Slump Busters. It is time to bust the slump as it is Slump Buster Fantasy Football Time. I'm your host, Yuji Talk Sports, and my guest today, Mr. Couch himself, the CEO of the Couch Fantasy Football. One of the coolest people I've had the pleasure of having on. So, man, I'm happy to have you, man. For sure, bro. Hey, we like to have fun. We like to entertain. We like to put up great content, but I'm very competitive. You know, you, you got to, in order to have fun, you got to win too. Die hard competitor here. So, yeah, you got to win. That's that's part of the, the the formula to having fun. I take it you would be definitely down for the Patriot way, the Bill Belichick way. Uh, you wouldn't be like the Cameron Marsh coming out. Uh, man, it wasn't fun there. Oh, yeah, for sure. You got to win. You got to win, man. If Because I didn't, I didn't have a lot of championships when I first started, and it feels horrible. And then uh, once they started rolling in, oh, yeah, baby. I love winning fantasy championships. Gotcha, Matt. Well, how did you get to this point? Because you built a huge community. I mean, hell, you filled a 96-team league in a day and a half. How's this journey been for you? What brought you to this point, man? You know, like when you draft, I like to zig when they zag, zag when they zig. And I kind of did the same thing. I'm kind of a stubborn dude. And uh, I just kept the people first, community first, and uh, just kept pushing the YouTube and the videos. And uh, it was a tough journey. It was uh, about seven years of failure. You know, Everyone else that started around the same time as me quit in two to four years. And uh, I just kept going. And then I just kept adjusting. And I was a late bloomer. And, you know, now that we're seeing success, and now that a lot of my content's free and you know i don't charge for it and i put the community first i actually ended up being a better business decision at the end so i'm happy man i think we have the best fancy football community i love my community i love the couch fam so uh, you know thank you for supporting me and man i'm i'm ready to go i couldn't be more excited man living the dream oh definitely i mean talking fantasy football talking football in general isn't that what we all just striving for too and yeah man like uh Definitely inspiration to me in this three. So appreciate you. I'm happy to have you on this one too. Uh, definitely when we have breaking down the premier positions in fantasy football it was either this or having you on the kicker breakdown as I was listening to one of your recent shows. And I know you're good for a good fantasy sleeper on kickers every once in a while, but I think wide receivers are definitely a much more interesting category to talk about. Don't you think? Yeah. So the, yeah, I spent a lot of time with kickers. I like kickers, but that's kind of my point is that because if you do spend a little bit of time and you do know how to find kickers, you don't have to go out your way. Like I'm, I'm with a lot of other people 
Like I don't even draft a kicker if I don't have to, um, or I take one the very last because I'm able to get great value. I don't need to reach for Justin Tucker or Yun Wei Koo because you know people think he's cool or uh, Harrison Bucker. I can find one in the last round and uh, they do almost as good as those guys. Oh yeah. I've seen people drafting Young Wei Koo like way too high in drafts this year. It's like people stop last round, <laughs> last round and only last round. And like you mentioned, I love that strategy of waiting to not even draft someone at all. Like you can definitely find someone eh, just about close to game time any day. Just you know, see how the week rides out, especially if you're drafting a couple of weeks before the season starts. Yeah, I'm picking up guys like Marquez Callaway, Daryl Williams, the Chiefs backup. I'm picking up guys like Devontae Booker, Brian Edwards, uh, maybe even Deshaun Jackson off free agency instead of a kicker. And then you get to see, you know, oh, Clyde Edwards, a minor injuries like, oh, that's you know kind of cool that i have daryl williams i'm not saying like daryl williams is amazing or anything but i'd rather have daryl williams chilling or Devonte booker who could be kind of big this year in ppr and you know to reach for a kicker that i'm going to be stuck with forever it's way smarter to do what i'm telling you guys like you know go add that flyer hold them for a few weeks instead of you know reaching for a kicker so i was listening to you on one of your recent pods talk about like a couple unique formats and I just wanted to ask you about them. What what has been the most fun format that you've come across in recent years? Yeah. So guillotine league, I did it last year and it ended up surprised. My first year doing a guillotine league was surprisingly one of the most fun leagues. And, you know, I put a little twist to it. We made it more like a survivor reality show um, and people earned an immunity. And I did like a, you know, an image where people get exiled off the island. So it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, every week it was a cutthroat week, you know, saying goodbye to somebody, uh, tweeting out and posting knife emojis um, that you're getting cut. So guillotine league uh, was a lot of fun. I've never tried a vampire league. That sounds like a lot of fun. Have you heard of Yes, I've one? heard of that concept. Uh, so... Uh, just a quick recap for our listeners here. A vampire league is essentially one team sits out the draft, picks up their team exclusively off waiver wires, if I'm correct at this point, correct? And that's then the vampire, it, yeah. That's exactly. The, that's the that guy's the vampire. And if he beats you, he gets to take one of your players, you're probably your best player from your team, and you replace positions. Uh, so yes, Vampire League. It sounds like a hit. So have you got anyone buy in? Make you the vampire yet? No, no, no. I know I'm. I haven't done it. Maybe I'm in too many leagues. That's that's another cool. I just want to mention. But there's two that I'm really excited about that we did this year. So one is called the Captains League, and that's my like my team. You know, my top followers. They work alongside with me. They help me with content, and so it's called the Captains League, and that's NFL realistic scoring. I feel like fantasy is backwards. So all we do is draft running backs early and in the NFL, all they do is draft quarterbacks early and quarterbacks, obviously the most valuable position in real life and quarterbacks, obviously the most valuable position to getting W's in real life. And so we wanted to change that, you know, there's obviously a movement to super flex, which does help, but I want to take it a step further. So in that league, we're starting only one running back and it's tiered PPR. So they only get a quarter point per reception versus wide receiver, half a point tight end point. 0.75 and so running backs totally just destroyed them right they're, they're not scarce anymore they're not valuable they're not getting drafted in round one and it's super flex and we get points for completions we get points for everyone gets points for first downs right because danny woodhead or you know for those that don't know who that is you know he was the ppr glitch or you know cmc now if he catches a ball 
for negative one yards in most leagues. That's 0.9 points. Like, how are we going to reward that play so much? And look, I love PPR and everything. I'm just saying, like, and realistically, it doesn't make sense when a guy like Adrian Peterson back in the day, or let's say Gus Edwards now, drags defenders for four or five yards and gets a clutch third down. Like, you know, it's third and four, and you run it with Gus Edwards, and they know it. Like, that's crazy. And you pick up those hard four yards. That should be rewarded with fantasy points. Also, you know, if you if you're killing it with completions i think that should be rewarded if you're just slinging it and uh, you don't have a lot of incompletions or picks um that should be rewarded and um that one i'm i'm really happy about and then we also got a duo league so 16 team league where each owner you have to have a partner so you have to co-own and you have to draft with your partner so that one's fun there's a lot of potential divorces happening a lot of marriage counseling might be going on in that league there was definitely some panic picks miscommunications and it it's, it was a it was a lot of fun. I, I that's something i probably don't recommend it could be a mess but because of the great community uh, we were able to to pull off that too a lot of fun man have you done many idp leagues it sounds like you would really enjoy that based off rewarding real life football plays actually i personally hate idp i don't do it don't get this wrong like if you guys want to do idp or dynasty idp go ahead but i think there needs to be a movement to get that fixed a little bit so people are doing idp differently and they're rewarding sacks and rewarding maybe pass deflections and now you know maybe even qb hits they're getting better but like i need it to be better like so a cornerback you remember Richard Sherman? He may n- never got targeted back in the day. And so how do you get fantasy points for being the best cornerback? Great point. You see what I mean? So, but it could be fixed, but it's just very comp. Like it's not, it's something that's hard to discuss. Like in an audio podcast, for example, like how do you fix that? <laughs> There's some people that can't even handle fractional scoring. They're not good at, you know, point one. They're like, oh, we don't do uh we don't do fractional scoring in our league because we're too dumb. Like, you know, for those people, like they're not going to be able to be at an advanced IDP league if you can't handle a decimal point. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the wide receiver breakdown, I uh, got to ask you, Trey Lance or Jimmy G, who's starting the season? I know it's the Niners hats in your background. <laughs> you know, I honestly don't know. And um, I think that's the best answer to give people is because if I had to answer now, you know, have to bet, I would say Jimmy G, but That's what's so cool about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Look, I opened the internet, right? My team has Matthew Stafford on their team. Everyone knows that we're trading for Matthew Stafford. That, I mean, it really didn't happen at all. And I opened the internet one day and like a hundred people are making fun of me. And I get a bunch of these and everyone, Vegas, everyone knows we're drafting Mac Jones at three overall. You see what I mean? I'm the only one that's speaking the truth. We don't know what's going to happen with these guys. Right now, I guess if I had to say, I'd say 51% chance Jimmy G is going to start. That's all I got. And I and I love Trey Lance. That's it. We just got to wait and see. I guess the one thing that's for certain between John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they really like fucking with the media and I'm okay with it. <laughs> all you right, know, they, they just ran with it. I don't think they said too much. So they, they did what you said. They did mess with the people's heads just a little bit, but it was like, you know what I mean? They gave them this huge soup. All they did, they mixed it just a little bit. It took a little sip. That's all they did. You know what I mean? The media handed them the full course. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not on them. I saw so many Mac Jones photoshops. You're right. Matthew Stafford photoshops. Man, the internet's too quick with those. Yeah, I Kyle think Shannon it, and John Lynch didn't start those tweets in Photoshop. Like, I'm like, they didn't start that. Like, they didn't deny it, that's for sure. But 
Hey, we don't know. Yeah, no, maybe a burner favor. account on the side. I, you know, there's some theorizing hey, they could. there. They never get caught with that, though. They're too smart. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, let me calibrate where you are in wide receivers first. So are we both in agreement that Devontae Adams is the number one ranked wide receiver in fantasy? I have him number one, but I have Diggs 1B. Um, so I love that strategy as in like, if you're going to go round one wide receiver, I don't blink if I miss out on Adams. Because uh, um, some people even have Tyreek as the number one or number two. So if I miss out on Adams and get Diggs, it doesn't even matter to me. I like both of them that much. Okay, well, then let's go down the list here. Adams or Dalvin Cook? Well, I mean, I got, yeah, come on. I got to go Dalvin Cook. Adams or Derrick Henry? I'm going I'm going running backs top four. Yeah, Henry. So versus Kamara as well? Yeah. Adam, okay. Go. Okay, Zeke versus Adams. See, with me, functionally, I like to trade back. You know what I mean? That's why okay. I like to trade back. Um, but if we're doing, you know, yes or no, I mean, I'm, def- I'm definitely going Zeke still. Yeah. Okay. And this one I know is where it might get a little interesting for you. Nick Chubb versus Adams. And let's assume full point PPR since that's the most common format. Yeah. And so I got Chubb ranked a little lower. So, um, you know, my, now we're getting like our rankings are not looking like each other. You know, we were, oh, this we is were, a uh, pure ADP, right? ADP. Now. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's way different for me, but, um, you know, with that, I'm going Adams cause I can get that guy in round two. I'm thinking a Najee or a, or a Gibson. So I'm going Adams over Chubb. Okay, so more or less middle of the first round is where maybe we can start talking that first wide receiver off the board. I like to wait late. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'd like to trade if I can trade draft positions. I'm not even leagues that that do draft pick trade. I like to trade down because I can get Adams 10th overall, 12th overall sometimes. And if not, I can I can almost always get Diggs or Adams 10th overall the 12th overall. So that's why, you know, I like to go back. It's it's really tricky drafting from the sixth spot. It's yeah, tough. being right in the middle, I agree. Definitely when you're in those bigger leagues, I like to either be at the beginning or the end, you know, right around when that snake turns the loop. At but, least right. this year, at least this year, because then I, I have it as the big four, right? After the big four running backs, for me, it's really tricky. Extension to this question, then, do you feel better about your team with two back end running backs in the first round, or do you prefer better about your team with two elite wide receivers coming out of that first, second round turn? For me, I really don't go two wide receivers back to back. It's not terrible, but okay. If you go two wide receivers back to back, that means you probably have a mid to late round pick. Okay. First of all, so because you're not drafting a wide receiver, like first overall, so you're going to have to wait a lot. And then there is that chance that no running back falls to you. And so now you're kind of pigeonholed and locked in. And if you're in a little bit of an old school league that only requires you to start two wide receivers, I would say that's a huge mistake because now like, okay, you got your wide receivers, but you already know running backs are going to be flying off the shelf. So I like to stay flexible. If I got a late round pick, I like to go one wide receiver, one running back there. And then you could literally do anything when it comes back to, you can go with a top three tight end. Um, If you're late, you know, I don't go QB early, but Mahomes at 3.10, 3.12, very acceptable. I mean, you just options are, are all open for you. But if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, I think everyone in the world knows that you're hoping for uh, Montgomery, Chris Carson to somehow fall to you. And they they do a lot, but also <laughs> they might not. And so now you're like, you know, do I draft Miles Sanders? Like, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, your margin for error definitely slims down after a certain point there. I can agree with that. Okay, well, perfect. That kind of more or less summarizes how you're feeling about the wide receiver position heading into it. So as 
you're familiar with Slump Busters on the last couple podcasts. We've done a little bit of a different thing with tier rankings here. So give it a breakdown for you again. Set and forget, guys. So these guys not coming out of your lineup whatsoever. These guys, you are drafting them. They are locked in. Don't even think about moving that sit button. My next tier down is just going to be quality starter. So this is going to be guy that just next tier, like they're not quite set and forget, but 95% of the time they're going to be in your lineups as well. Uh, just gives that little margin. There's maybe a little bit of a question marks. There may be a little bit of outlier that kind of mark them down the list. Matchup base plays. The name explains the tier. Sleepers. So these guys currently undervalued right now, according to average draft position. A lot of rookies, a lot of sophomore wide receivers in this tier that I have. Um, but these guys have the opportunity to exceed their current ranking. And then finally, Fantasy Journeyman. This is just the last tier because I, I never wanted to put like a do not draft tier straight up because I respect that every league has its own little quirks about them and everyone has value occasionally week to week. Uh, so that's just kind of like the basic tiers I have. So right into it, let's just jump right in. So set and forget the receivers I have listed here. And it's a handful of names. I felt good about these guys. Like if you're drafting them this high, you're expending the draft capital. You're not going to move these guys out. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, who we already kind of like said, are kind of like in that 1B, 1A, 1C kind of for a lot of people. Stefan Diggs right there, DeAndre Hopkins, DK, Calvin Ridley, and I love me some Scary Terry this year. I love the quarterback situation out there. They have a man with a very impressive beard, which is something that my guest knows all about. Anyway, set and forget, guys. Anyone in this tier that really stood out to you? Anyone you would move down or anyone that from the next tier down that you move up? Yeah, I don't hate a lot of wide receivers. I feel like you put McLaurin too high but um i still like him uh, and i like his values so it's not there's not really any wide receivers at all that i hate um justin jefferson though it's major disrespect to a guy who could possibly be wide receiver one i assume you you're thinking sophomore slump but it's like i don't know man i mean he broke down every single cornerback that tried to get near him i mean the man has no holes in his game so i don't know how he's not up there uh in that top seven Maybe a little bit of sophomore regression, yes, but maybe perhaps a little bit of Kirk Cousins regression as well. Uh, Kirk was over there sitting around 36 touchdowns, I believe, last year. And I believe if his touchdowns drop off, that could affect his wide receiving core in a little way. So there's a couple factors which kept me from just assuming Justin Jefferson's locked in as that guy right now. And I know certainly a lot of people are drafting him as that guy. And I could could only understand it. Like the next tier down isn't a bad tier to be in before I started here. The only thing is just, I, I was not ready to just crown him that guy yet. It crowned him as the lead of the elites, like these other guys with a little bit more of a proven track record to me um, of consistency. I want, I definitely want to see what Justin Jefferson does in his second year before just marking him as a locked in, loaded, set and forget guy. I think the only argument you could actually have against Justin Jefferson's, obviously he's young. It's a small sample size, but it's like, I can't be afraid of that type of stuff. The only argument you would really have is if the defense focuses on him. And so he's seen double teams all day. And so I, I really don't, all the other arguments, I really just, I'm not, I'm not buying because Adam Thielen was the lucky, t- lucky TD guy last year. If, you know, if you had to assign that and he might still be this year, if Jefferson does get double teamed or faces the elite corners and Thielen, you know, his coverage on him is just, is the worst corners. But, you know, as far as the skill, 
as far as you know him being you know him, him producing in college and just how he is the film i mean no corner did anything and then when they did something he switched it up he always had an answer to their answer and no no corner was able to do anything so you know i have him at seven i could have him as high as six uh, ahead of metcalf but yeah because it's a little bit lower sample size because it is cousins i'm a little bit scared uh of that but i mean as far as skill I mean, I don't know how he's not as skilled as any of these Adams or Diggs or or Ridley. Like, I feel like he, I feel like talent wise, he's on that same exact level. Fair enough. I mean, he posted huge rookie numbers. I, I definitely could see a situation in which uh, a lot of fantasy owners look at that and like are have high expectations for other rookie wide receivers coming out because of what uh, Justin Jefferson was able to do. Like I said, he's there. He's like directly right below where I have these other guys. Um, as far as like stuff like why I like have someone like a Terry McLaurin so high, it just, I love what, let's face it, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been able to do for the wide receiver positions on teams he's been in. And Terry McLaurin's already been an elite talent, even with lackluster play at the quarterback position. This does come with the huge caveat, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's been a while since he's been able to start and finish a season so it'd be nice to see that in terms of uh, the quarterback consistency there. But, you know, you just look back to whether it be a Brandon Marshall, or Eric Decker, uh, <laughs> Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, when he was in Tampa, or even what he was able to do with uh, resurrecting Devontae Parker's career. I think that the fact the guy is pretty much just a, as close we have as a real gunslinger really just benefits Terry and I think could put him in that like elite tier. Yeah, I mean, I have him a little bit lower. I think that uh, Fitzpatrick, Terry McLaurin, that's ideal pairing. Um, I like it. No, I'm not worried about Fitzpatrick too much. Terry McLaurin has success with everybody, so he should be great. I think that'll boost him tremendously. I think it'll go down just a little bit because now they actually they had no receivers last year like zero. And so this year they actually have a lot with Adam Humphreys. They drafted De'Ami Brown. Uh, they got Curtis Samuel who gets a manufactured touches for sure. Uh, they got McKissick. They got Gibson. They got Logan Thomas. So all these guys can catch. So I guess not only knock with McLaurin is I see these top seven guys could potentially be the best wide receiver in fantasy. And I really don't see that with McLaurin. So, you know, it's just going to look really dumb if he does finish wide receiver one all of a sudden. But that's that's really the only thing. That's why I got McLaurin down because I don't see him finishing as the best wide receiver in fantasy. But I do see that possibility for Justin Jefferson. We'll see. I mean, hey, if he keeps feeding him like every game and they just can't stop him, uh, he's going to be a little bit tougher to double team now. They got other options, too. I'm excited for Washington. I think they made a lot of good moves, um, a lot of smart moves on that team definitely if terry could land in the end zone a little bit more that's going to be a huge jump there but like you mentioned i think volume is a big part of the equation and the fact that i think fitzpatrick offers him that volume is going to be huge obviously speaking of another like guy who's definitely going to benefit from a little bit more target volume obviously kelvin ridley do you think that kelvin ridley fully takes on that uh prime julio jones production that we saw in years past Pretty much, yeah, because we seen it last year. So he checked all the boxes last year, and he was pretty decent before that. So he was decent in, in 2019. So there's really not too much worries with him. Like, oh, like how's he going to do as a number one? Well, we saw that last year, and he did it great with Julio, and then he did uh, 
even better without Julio. So, that, you know, and I was on a team, their defense is absolute trash. Like there's just less worry with them, you know, as far as comparing them to Jefferson, who I think's on the same skill level, you know, I have a quarterback that, I, you know, I'm a little bit more comfortable with throwing Matt Ryan and a team that's going to pass a little bit more. And we've seen a much bigger sample size out of Ridley than Jefferson. So I got Ridley a few spots ahead and, you know, realistically he could finish as the best wide receiver in fantasy what can really break that tie uh for you between adams and stefan diggs or are they just that close to you that there's nothing that could kind of separate them no nothing man i got i got adams as one and and diggs as two because i you know you have to rank them you can't tie them and they're just that close rogers can't get much better you know we've seen him but you know just imagine josh allen improving even more uh that could be scary yeah, I mean, yeah, I love both of them. Like, hey, but I, yeah, I would if I had to pick one, I'm definitely picking Adams because he just he couldn't be stopped. They knew it was going to him, and they they still couldn't stop him. What was it, 18 touchdowns last year? 18. That I mean, that he guy. Did, yeah, even <laughs> if you take away the touchdown, he's still really good. Like that's what that's the thing. Like you know, touchdowns are you know they're always king in fantasy. We yeah, take those away. I mean, he he just dominated anyone who tried. Like the, him and Rogers were just unstoppable. Good play calling too by the coach and a super elite quarterback play uh, by Rogers. And uh, Rogers is pissed this year. He might be. I don't know. It might be better, but not. I can't see him being much better than last year. Angry Rogers puts up 60 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, just breaks every single record imaginable. Oh, man. Nah. <laughs> I don't see that. Well, there's a reason he's mad at the organization. That, you do have one awesome. extra game, potentially. So pro- possibly some records might actually start to fall uh, moving forward. Yeah, never say never. Like, yeah, we have some stud quarterbacks, man. We got Rogers. You know, we got Tom Brady still. Like, he looks like he's still in his prime. Yeah, it, it could happen. Mahomes. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, cool. Well, let's move into the next year down. So as we mentioned, uh, you definitely heard his name a couple of times. Justin Jefferson, I have leading that tier right now. Uh, AJ Brown is also in there. Keenan Allen, an absolute target monster, consistent. Ellen Robinson, CD Lamb uh, making his appearance in that tier. Uh, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, who I know is a questionable one. I know uh, people, a lot of people are what, wondering what to expect out of the Rams offense. Probably his best quarterback. He's had between the two Jared Goff and himself or well then again I'm forgetting it's Buffalo time too <laughs> uh Tyler Lockett Chase Claypool Tyler Woods Antonio Brown Julio Jones and Amar Cooper so one thing I want to key on here so I have both the Tennessee wide receivers in this tier I was wavering on Julio I was like can I really say Julio's a matchup based play Nah, I don't feel too good about that one so I ended up moving him back to the bottom of quality starter tier what do you make of this do you think it is going to be a Pretty even split a 60 40 split or do you think the fact that they're going to want to feed the new guy could interfere with aj brown's production uh, i don't think they're going to do any of that feed the new guy thing I, I think they're just going to do what they think is best even though it's a run first team there's enough targets to go around and i was just thinking about this today i feel like every panther is overdraft don't count christian mccaffrey that's fine but he can't, can't possibly go any earlier and he's got sam darnold throwing to him and it's like, you know, C-Mac's going to get a lot of targets. Dan Arnold's going to get involved. They drafted a really nice sleeper rookie tight end. Okay, probably won't do anything this year, but it's a guy I like a lot. And uh, they even have David Moore, 
who's not going to be playing much, but he was a really good wide receiver three for the C underrated guys. And Chuba Hubbard, who's amazing. One of my favorite sleepers this year. Uh, and so they got like eight guys to throw to, and it's like all of them being drafted early. And then, you know, Julio Jones, like he's being drafted pretty late. There's only one knock with Julio. And that's if you can predict injuries. And he has had his fair share of injuries, but I think he's going to be fine. Matter of fact, you guys you listed off are extremely close to my list that I got. And so uh, they're very close to my rankings. And so I agree pretty much with everything. And uh, I think it's going to be just fine because, you know, no one's drafting Josh Reynolds usually. And uh, I even like Anthony Ferkser a little bit, but no one's even drafting him. But everyone's drafting all the Panthers players. Like, this isn't 2013 Peyton Manning's Broncos, guys. It's not the same thing. And that's not, I'm not hating on the Panthers. I like Robbie Anderson a lot in redraft when he, you know, when he goes in round eight, late round eight, that's great. But now he's all of a sudden like your wide receiver two in some drafts. That's, you don't want Robbie Anderson's wide receiver two. Sam Darnold's throwing the ball. How many targets Christian McCaffrey is going to get in the game, right? Like seven? Sometimes I, 10, probably around like, that seven to 10. Are I you should kidding? imagine built into the yeah, playbook. Dar- yeah. Darnold is not like prime Drew Brees. He's not prime Peyton Manning. You know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy, but yeah, but with the Titans going to, to really make sure that my points coming across, there's really only two guys you're drafting that's going to catch the ball, right? AJ Brown and Julio. And I mean, we're talking about two, like as far as talent, like, Oh my God, like these guys, they're, they're both great. Like they're both elite wide receiver talents. So Julio Jones, he's old, but he looks young as hell. Like I've seen, I mean, the man looks young. Like imagine the old Julio Jones is still more athletic, quicker, faster, bigger than vast majority of wide receivers in the league. So unless you can predict injuries, I love Julio Jones. He's falling to round five now. I just love it. It's the only guy I'm like really disagreeing on, which I mean, like, I don't really disagree, but like, I I think I have Cooper Cup ahead of Woods just to kind of make a point as in like, I think those guys are interchangeable. I think Cooper Cup could, you know, we go like this with the Rams wide receivers. We go left one year and then right one year. We go left one year and then right one year. And I think like we really, I think I'm going to just give it up that look, I can't predict it. I think Cooper Cup is better, but only by a millimeter. Whichever Ram wide receiver you draft round four, I'll let you do that. And then I'll get the one that falls to round five. Now I tell you that is one superpower that I do wish I had the ability to predict injuries. Uh, (laughs) If I had that, it would just make fantasy football a heck of a lot easier for me. Even uh, if just one not. position, just running backs, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, if I if it, just running backs, yes, that would be the oh, perfect yeah. position to be able to predict injuries. And just imagine going into the draft, you just know who's going to get. Oh, perfect. You know, I I won't do that. Just entire draft strategy, perfect. But yeah, no, I mean Robert Woods. You know, he's just been really good the last couple of years. He's been that guy that you could count on as your wide receiver too, year in and year out. So it's like try and predict what he's going to be to Matthew Stafford. Ideally, if he fits into what Marvin Jones Jr. was for out there in Detroit um, for what Matthew Stafford was, then great. But I agree, like maybe, hey, you know, a target volume monster like Cooper Cup, I could see you outperforming Robert Woods in that respect. Um, one thing too, I should ask for your opinion on as well. So I have both Mike Evans and Antonio Brown in this tier. And we recently released a video on this, which Bucks wide receiver we think is best. I have Chris Godwin, spoiler alert, in the next year down. I got to ask your opinion on that, on the Bucks pass catching situation. Where do you have that rank? Like ranking just those three guys. I think people approach this 
with two like egos. So one is we like to think we can predict stuff very accurately, but in realistically, at least half our predictions are wrong. Not just, I'm not talking about you, me, Anna, like anyone who plays fantasy. Um, if you look at your draft board, if you get seven players out of 16, right, you're probably going to win the league. So that's less than half. You know what I mean? So you, you got to realize we're, we're only going to be right about one, one out of three times, one out of two times. That's it. And, and then the other thing is, so we always like to think of it like it's from our point of view, like the world gives a crap about our draft board and who we like and who we're drafting bruce Arians doesn't doesn't really care tom brady really i mean when you talk about people that don't care you know like bill belichick he really doesn't care none of these guys care about our fantasy teams and especially bruce arian's offense with tom brady really doesn't care about our team so whoever is striking whoever is open is gonna have the ball and i love tom brady this year i think he's gonna put up five thousand pass yards easily but knowing who's going to be good week to week, it's going to be tough. And all I know is that there's plenty of wide receivers in the C. I don't need to go robust RB. I'm not an old school guy. This year, you know, I'm changing up. I don't need robust RB. I, you know, I just told you I, I could go wide receiver round one easily and get a guy, Najee, Gibson, you know, sometimes even Chubb falls around too. Like I could get, I'm fine with a round two running back and, and I'm staying flexible. Um, but now we're in the range to where it's like, I don't need any of these wide receivers. I don't need a Robert Woods. I don't need, I don't need these guys. Like they're not going to make or break my team because there's so many of them. And so what I've done, just, I like to call it functional advice, you know, advice that, you know, we can have our rankings and our tiers and all this, but like, we want to win your league though. That's the thing you want to draft well and to win your league. So I just be like, man, I'm usually taking Antonio Brown at the value he's going. If he's mentally unstable or he gets another lawsuit or arrested, all that is baked in. And he showed that he's actually you know, a, a perfect character when he's with Tom Brady, Belichick, Bruce Arians. And then, you know, we see wide receivers that are like the worst with the Raiders, like Randy Moss and A.V. So he's he's been pretty good when he's with Brady. Like he hasn't been acting up or nothing. But all that is baked into his price. And I feel like all three are pretty much just as good. Like they're all, they're all the same as far as fantasy points. Um, the only thing that's different is, you know, one guy's going to get more TDs. One guy's going to be more consistent, but as far as value, it's got to be Antonio Brown going in round eight, you know, he's kind of risen to round seven a little bit, but I mean, round eight for a hall of fame talent. Now, will he get into the hall of fame? I don't, I don't really care. I'm not a hall of fame debater. I don't, I don't, I don't care about a lot of debates, but he's hall of fame talent though. That's undisputable. One of the best wide receivers we've ever seen in his prime. And he was pretty good last year. And the, the stats back it up that he was only like, what, like seven millimeters, like worse than Godwin and Evans once he was acclimated to the offense. So, Hey, that's who I'm taking. And I, I honestly don't care with uh, where you got the other two ranked and where they're going. Um, I don't tolerate Mike Evans slander, but um, I also don't look like I'm not in love with Mike Evans either. So I just, I, I frankly don't care. I could get T Higgins two rounds later. I'm doing, I've been doing, I got T Higgins in plenty of leagues. Like I'm good, right? Like I'm fine. It's wide receiver. I can go get one. I can get one. I can find one. Now I, I agree that it is definitely a value-based play when it comes to Antonio Brown. The fact that you are getting him a couple rounds later than the other two guys, huge. And I don't know if four, he's a Hall of Famer. That's not, I mean, exactly. cup, you got to say three, four, Right? Three, four, not, not two, yeah. yeah, three, four rounds later. I said, yeah, I that's said a few. <laughs> I said a few. <laughs> you said a couple. I just, I just want to okay. make clear that those guys are going round four. Antonio Brown's going seven, eight. Like that's, woo. 
that's, come on that's cheap that's like bro that's like that's like 72 percent off the price tag oh my god well he's a fantasy hall of famer for certain um let's go a tier down here so let's talk about these matchup base plays. so a lot of mixed baggage here as far as like guys who could be higher could be lower uh so starting off i mentioned chris godwin's here cooper cup based off uh your robert woods ranking i assume you probably move up uh we have deontay johnson brandon iu kenny galladay Odell Beckham Jr., Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. So both the Carolina Panthers here, as you mentioned, I'm a little unsure what to do with them myself. Uh, Sam Darnold kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies here. Uh, Debo Samuel, DJ Chark, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller the fifth, Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams, and uh, Corey Davis there. So let's start off here. So we mentioned the Panthers wide receivers. Are we convinced that Sam Darnold is better than Teddy Bridgewater? No, no one's no one's convinced of that. I mean, is his upside Kirk Cousins? Because I feel like in a in a good realistic scenario, he's Derek Carr, who's a solid real life quarterback. Uh, nothing amazing though. Great coach though. I mean, I like their system. I like their players. I like the coach, but it's Sam Darnold. And I'm just reading the draft board, right? You know, we're putting price tags on these draft picks here in fantasy. And like I'm saying, like, what are you communicating to me? You communicate because I like Terrace Marshall in, in Dynasty. There's just not enough to go around. And the quarterback, who is Sam Darnold? I mean, let's think of good case scenarios like Derek Carr. I mean, absolute best Kirk Cousins. Like, is that like, who is this guy? And I mean, so that guy's supposed to produce three, four fantasy studs. Like Vikings is a, is a cool comparison because C-Mac and Dalvin are going right at the same spot. And then they have a couple wide receivers and a, and a sleeper tight end. So that's a kind of good comparison, but the stars have to really align for Sam Darnold to be as good as Kirk Cousins. I think that's going to be really tough. And I think Kirk Cousins has better receivers. Yeah, man. You know, like I said, Robbie Anderson, a guy I like in redraft, but he's, it's got to be round eight. Why would I need to reach for Sam Darnold's number is number three option, right? We project him. Mm-hmm. C-Mac, Definitely. DJ Christian McCaffrey, Moore. hands down, number one there. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the thing is I'm not hating. Don't take this wrong, anybody listening. I'm not hating on Robbie Anderson. I'm just saying he's a wide receiver. I don't need to go out my way to get him. I mean, I'd rather draft Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, like solidify a nice elite quarterback um, than to go get Sam Darnold's third option in the pass game. That does not sound sexy to me. How is that? You know what I mean? His perspective. Put it like, oh, he's had, uh, what if he was, oh, he's the chemistry he had several years ago. Okay, that's great. But that's when Robbie Anderson was the alpha wide receiver. It's the same as Will Fuller to me. Like, Will Fuller last year, you know, he juiced up. You know, that's why it was probably healthy. Let's face it. It's not a crazy conspiracy theory. The only season he's healthy, he was juiced up. He's the alpha wide receiver on the Texans. And his quarterback is another guy who's like borderline Hall of Fame talent wise, Deshaun Watson. Now he's going to the Dolphins, much more crowded. And his quarterback's Tua, which isn't even a poor man's Deshaun Watson. So yeah, Robbie Anderson is good. Sam Darnold and him do have chemistry. You know, it's been some time and Robbie Anderson is not, you know, he was like Will Fuller on that team when, when he was doing well with Sam Darnold. Now he's 
not like there's DJ Moore, there's Terrace Marshall, there's Dan Arnold, Tommy Tremble, Chuba Hubbard, C Mac. These are a ton of names, and, and you were looking at an inconsistent guy in Robbie Anderson. So round eight, I'm in. Round six, I'm way out. I'd ra- I'd much rather go quarterback, or I don't know if Hawkinson or Andrews would fall that far. Probably not, but I mean, much rather go get a top six tight end. Sounds about as sexy as a case of mono there, but. All right, let's talk about a situation near and dear to us here, uh, the Niners wide receiver situation. So a lot of people, obviously, and I was myself included high on Brandon Ayuk, but it's just trying to project what's going on with the quarterback position as well, which we kind of talked a little bit about. But obviously, too, you have George Kittle there, run first team. How are you feeling about the wide receiver situation for the Niners between Ayuk and Samuel? Ayuk... This is just trends. I'm seeing, I don't know. Let me know if I've, I've been seeing Robbie Anderson go earlier in my personal drafts. I don't know. Cause he was like round eight, nine when people drafting way too early. Now he's like round six, seven. Is mm-hmm. that the case with you or no? Um, let me see. Here. What's his so, ADP? His ADP. And let me scroll down. We're doing it uh, with fantasy pros. Is that, that I am. That I am. Got to get okay. that aggregate going here. So wide receiver 32 um, going at a number 82 draft slot. Uh, so 12 team league what is that da, 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 round seven seven right. which means yeah so i'm about kind of right like he, he occasionally goes round six or a lot of times goes round six but mostly goes round seven let's see why um, iq is going 62 so wide receiver 23 so he's flying up based off that yeah and so that's the thing is like iuk uh, i'm a big fan of his i think upsides off the chain He's great. The thing is, is that vast majority of people, analysts and, you know, people that play fantasy, they're higher on Ayuk than me. And he's another guy, like you said, he's rising up. So there's not much value there for Ayuk on a team. You know, Shanahan's another guy that that kind of doesn't really care about your fantasy team. He's got, he could have George Kittle block on 92% of plays if they're playing against the Packers and running up the gut. Um, he could you know, go with four running backs one week. He really doesn't care. And the Niners, I think, are are a really good winning team. Like he's, I think he's, Shanahan has proven that he can win. And uh, man, so Ayuk, um, he just went round four in my home league. That's pretty gross. It's a traditional old school league, two wide receivers minimum, one flex. I just don't really see you needing Ayuk. Now, late round five, I love it. You know, that's kind of going with the other guys we're talking about, you know, like that's great. You know, if he falls past them, like you see DJ Moore go, uh, Robert Woods go, Cup go, Godwin go, maybe Amari Cooper go. And now, you know, Ayuk, that's cool. Like if you believe in his upside, because I love him. But the real value, this is actually exactly like AJ Brown Julio. So AJ Brown is Ayuk. Okay. Just, uh, you know, one notch down or one and a half notches down, whatever. Um, and then Julio Jones is Debo injury prone you know whatever i'm not calling him injury i'm just i'm saying this how people view him injury prone you know second fiddle and so it's like i'm taking debo in a lot of drafts i just took debo in round 11 a few weeks ago in a super flex so to be fair that's more like round nine and a half you know kind of but still i think debo is worth a late eight round pick and if i get him at round 11 yeah 11 i think it was so i got him round 11 that's Bro, that's a value. And Debo is a guy who he's a really good running back. He's a great football player in college. He was a pretty good receiver when it came to tracking the ball catch, you know, like doing regular wide receiver stuff, route running. And I've heard he's been working really hard on it. And so he could take a huge leap forward. Only knock on Debo is his 
injuries. And so if he can somehow stay healthy, that's going to hit. He's another guy just like AB. I mean, he's, he's falling so much. No one's talking about Debo, bro. Everyone's talking about IU. Debo is forgotten. That's where the value is, Debo. You can get him as your wide receiver four. I think part of that is out of sight, out of mind with the injuries that you mentioned. In fact, before the Los Angeles game, I remember he was dealing with a hamstring injury throughout the week. Glad to see he was out there, though. So he's playing tough. He's playing through there. Yeah. And definitely, I love how the Niners are able to utilize him. But yeah, you're right with this one. The tough thing about the Niners is just they they really don't care about the fantasy (laughs) production, especially, too, when you're talking about um, their pass catchers. Uh, Like I said, it's a more run first offense. They'd rather, like you said, just run it up the gut on you, run it down your throat than have to really utilize the passing game. And that's definitely affects both Debo and IU natively. But if Ayuk is going in the fourth round, then like you mentioned, there's I want I want to just be more accurate. So what you're saying is right, but like that's what will happen one out of four weeks. They'll run it up the gut. They'll do that. But some weeks they will. They'll they'll air it out. There'll be some high scoring. It's Shanahan, you know. Every he, now he, and then, I think even going it, back it to their happen. high. Well, going back to their it high will. end of it, 2019. Uh, definitely like the Saints game, the Cardinals games. Uh, I'm trying to think of like Jimmy G's best performances that year. I mean, last year, the quarterback production was god awful there. So it was hard to really say which was our best weeks. <laughs> I'm just it, picturing we, a highlight. I'm picturing a highlight. He's going to do what he thinks is best. Shanahan's going to do what he thinks is best. And also, you know, if the defense can't stop a nosebleed and defense is trash or the game script. Like, obviously, yeah, we're, you know, nine is going to run. So I'm just saying like, there's, it's not, it's not like just run, 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 run. Like it's not that gross, but yeah, you're going to get some stinker weeks though. Unfortunately, Kittle's going to get two catches one week. Debo's going to get maybe one or two catches one week. That's going to happen. I just want to make it super clear that that will not happen every single week. It's not that bad. It still should be a potent offense. Some weeks you'll be like, wow, like what's going on? And that explains the tier matchup based tier. I mean, yeah, okay, looking for the right matchups yeah, here so. with those guys there. Last person I want to highlight in this one, just because he is a very polarizing figure in the fantasy community. Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, elite production at the early part of his career. Injuries have derailed the majority of it. Trade to Cleveland has been mixed results. Uh, A little bit more inconsistent, and that's why inconsistent kind of lines up perfectly with someone I would consider a matchup-based player. Do you think we'll ever see elite Odell again? Let's just talk not not exactly fantasy per se, but he's never going to be tier one, right? He's not Justin Jefferson, you know, he's not deep threat like Metcalf. He's never going to be on that level. That's not going to happen. But he doesn't need to be at the at the value he's going at. I think the main concern should always be injury with him. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So that's a major concern. The second concern with him is chemistry with Baker. I think everything else actually is good because all these other things are just narratives. Like we haven't seen him get released. We haven't seen him get traded. So all that other stuff is kind of speculation. Like, is he a good fit? Should we trade him? We that that hasn't those aren't those aren't the facts. I mean, if we go on right now, the Niners would have, like I said, Matthew Stafford and Mac Jones right now. That obviously didn't freaking happen. Like that's not that's not reality. On my Twitter timeline, that was all facts, by the way. So that didn't happen. So this is what I know. Odell's a big talent. Um, he was crushing defenses last year. Also, Baker was missing him. 
They didn't have good chemistry, very inconsistent. But as far as how he looked, his explosiveness and how he was just crushing the defense, you know, he's the high risk guy. He's the low percentage guy because he's running the deeper routes, but he was winning them. He was destroying them. He was looking good. Just Baker and him weren't on the same page. And I think all that's baked into his price. I think the price is just right for Odell. There's some guys that go all over the place, like... Uh, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, like they can kind of vary. Terry McLaurin's a guy who kind of varies where he goes. Like there's a lot of these guys that vary. Jamar Chase is a guy that varies a little bit. I can't think of any Galladay, I guess that's a guy who varies a lot. There's a lot of guys who vary where they're going, but this guy, Odell, like he just like one, I feel like once it's like 6.10 or 6.06, like someone has to drop, like he never goes in round five. And he never goes in round seven. That's just what I've seen. I've done a lot of mocks and I'm just going off my memory. I think that's that's even better if I remember right. That's even better than usually looking at ADP because you get to, I get to really see the flow. I get to see how people think. He always goes like it's like a 6.03 Odell, like a 6.06 Odell, 6.10. Like, oh, smash Odell. That's the only thing that sucks with him is like in round seven, I would I would just smash the draft button all day. What's his ADP exactly? So we can be accurate. It's okay his if I'm wrong. ADP currently at this time. So he's just, I just find that he's always going at that spot. And so I can never just get a, a huge steal on him. Uh, but I did draft him in one league so far. And, and I'm very proud of that. It's a, it's a big risk. But if him and Baker could stay on the same page and he could stay healthy, which is, you know, two big ifs, I think he's going to be a super high end wide receiver too. And he's so going to crush it. Right now, wide receiver 26 and his draft position is 69. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I mean, definitely oh, so the I was right. It's like, yeah. I think that's, that's right, like right around six, there because mid six round or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. He always goes there, dude. Like someone always like they always smash. that's that's the only that's the only like Robbie Anderson, another guy who might go earlier late, like. Like a lot of these guys, like Lavishka, that's another one goes super early or super late. Like you just, you don't know, but Odell Beckham is like, he's got a big name, I think. And so people see him climbing up that pre-draft ranking or Q, whatever, you know, whatever the, the available player list. Once you see that Odell's usually the biggest name, like someone's got to take him round six. Like he's not going to stay atop of the available player list. Uh, for much long once you hit round six i'm just i always like to look at people's like psyche who people are talking about i don't know maybe we should talk about jerry judy because that really that <laughs> really goes into what i'm saying right here when you talk about you know who's hot who's not who people are talking about well i guess that's a perfect segue then because the next year down is sleeper so as you mentioned, Jerry Judy, definitely a part of this tier. Uh, one of the other names in here, and this is kind of a little bit of a cheat, but uh, Michael Thomas, just because the injury has sent him going down draft boards enough to where it's like, wow, if I could get Michael Thomas in round five or six, okay, well, goody me there. Oh, that's um, too early for me, dog. It's a little too early for you? Well, you know. But he, hey. he falls to round seven most of the time, I feel like. Okay, well, you know, hey, still, if you're getting Michael Thomas that late in a draft, that's as close as I can get, think of being a sleeper in terms of where you're getting him relative to what the production he can put out. Yeah, the upside's uh, pretty insane, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Devontae Smith, Cortland Sutton, LaVisca Chenault, also in that tier. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman Jr., and Henry Ruggs III. Um, so you mentioned him, Jerry Judy. One of the big things that has been mentioned, I've heard from like Broncos Twitter, 
is that Judy has a great rapport with Teddy Bridgewater, not as much with Drew Locke, whereas Drew Locke loves Cortland Sutton and not as much Jerry Judy. What, what do you make of that um, as far as the quarterback situation? Because I think that bit plays a big part into this guy. I think it's true. I think I believe it. I think it actually doesn't matter because it's all about where guys are going and, and where you want to take them. But Jerry Judy, well, okay, first of all, I'll take a step back. The first thing with wide receivers, probably should have said this in the beginning, my most important thing is know your scoring setting. So if it's full PPR, half PPR, you got to know that. That's that's stupid basic. I mean, it does, it's almost, that shouldn't be said. Actually, what's more important, know how many wide receivers you're required to start. Most people now play, you have to start three wide receivers minimum. You can start up to four wide receivers. Is that right? Most people play that like that now. Pretty much. Uh, most of the leagues that I've started up or been in three wide receiver leagues. I, I think it's because people like that real feel of the game. You mentioned relating it as close as possible to real life NFL football. Yeah. I think for yeah. like three wide receivers, especially with how deep the position can be at times. See, that's exactly why it's been done. And that's exactly why you need to look at that. Some leagues, some caveman leagues, like a couple that I'm in, you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm the commission. So I'm guilty of that, but that's an, that's another story. Like we do a live in-person draft party and we want to keep it 16 rounds and we don't want the draft to take six hours and the board is 16 rounds. Exactly. So that's why we've always just kept it. Like I'm, Hey, I'm with three wide receivers. I think, and by the better. way, caveman coffee co promo code slump, say 50% off caveman. You mentioned coffee caveman co. had to throw that in. What's there. caveman coffee co. <laughs> A uh, delicious three espresso drink that will definitely wake you up in the morning if you have a long hey, podcast there. Hook a lot me of up, bro. Hey, hook promo code up. slump, kmancoffeco.com. Don't be a chump. Right. Use promo code slump. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, I like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little caveman in the morning. It'll get me going. I'm going to try it. Oh, I'll let for you sure. Know. Mammoth blends. I got uh, one of their hibiscus teas in the back. Personally, though, I mean, just the black nitro cold nitro blend. We're going off on a tangent here, but I'll way do more. that. All right. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, we'll bring it. We'll really be. All right. So All right. that's the biggest thing you need to absolutely look at. Are we starting two wide receivers in this league? And look, I know, look, I know most people listen. I'm like, you know, shut up. I'm everyone does three wide receivers. Look, leagues vary a lot. Okay. Like some do double flex, some do triple flex with super flex. So it, you got to know this stuff and, and not everyone does full PPR. So now it's so, so different. You know, if I'm in a dynasty league, that's that you have to start three wide receivers PPR. That is so much different than a redraft league where you only have to start two wide receivers, even if it's PPR. You know, wide receivers, they last longer. You like drafting them earlier, like in Dynasty, and you and you need to draft them early because you need at least three. You ideally want to start four. And so now Jerry Judy, back to him. This is really getting like if you're in a league with two wide receivers and bro, I'm not exaggerating. This is the, probably the player that's been most talked to amongst fantasy analysts that I've seen. And I think it's because of the dynasty factor. Oh, trade for him in dynasty that. So it started like super early. I think I've seen this in January, February. So it already started and then everyone got on board. I like Jerry Judy. I've always liked, I liked him as a prospect. I still like him. And so I've literally haven't met anyone that doesn't like Jerry Judy. Now in all the drafts I'm doing, Judy's going ahead of Cortland Sutton. Even I don't care what these stupid, like if you find some dumb ADP, don't even tell me that. Cause there's like a, there's like this one ADP that shows like Melvin Gordon's going like five picks after Javante Williams, not in any of my leagues, bro. That ain't, that ain't freaking hat. No one's drafting Melvin Gordon early in any of my leagues. So Jerry Judy's going ahead of Sutton in most leagues, and every single analyst is talking about him. It's it's frankly to the point, I don't care. I don't need to draft Jerry Judy because you're going to have to reach for him 
to get him. Now, if you love him in Dynasty, that's totally different. But man, just going with the public consensus and what everyone's talking about, I'm going a little contrarian here. And if I can get Cortland Sutton in round seven or eight, I'd rather just risk it than having to get Jerry Judy early round seven or something. It's like, it's not start. It's starting to not make sense to me. I don't, I don't know. But that's the thing is I still do like Judy. I just, all I'm urging really is people that shouldn't overpay for a Broncos weapon. That's all I'm saying. Value-based drafting is just the essence of a championship team. I agree with you in that respect. Uh, when it comes to Cortland Sutton, the only thing I'll note there is uh, in the last couple of preseason games, I believe he still had a, on a little bit of a brace. So you can only hope that he can get healthier throughout the season um, as things develop, because right now, uh, obviously, a receiver with a brace is a huge hindrance to anyone. You oh, like those yeah, guys huge. Back. Huge warning you should put out for sure, but that's also being baked into his price because he was going him and Galladay when like be like what like ages ago we're going like round five, and so now Cortland Sutton is falling to round seven eight sometimes. It, it I think it's baked into his price. There is injury concern, and then you know what you know he can just flex that brace falls off. You know it's like an anime cartoon like he just goes ham and just crushes it and he starts catching everything like he was two years ago, and then he'd be like, oh man, I really should have drafted him you know at 7.09 when i needed a and this is not it's not even gonna be a wide receiver too you know what i mean like you're in some drafts you may not even need to start him week one kind of like Debo samuel that's why i like him so definitely fair warning there and then when you talk about value-based drafting oh my god it applies once you get one stud wide receiver it applies to to wide receivers a lot because there's a lot of wide receivers in the sea why reach for any wide receiver after you have your first one or two now if it's three wide receivers a little more important to get your wide receiver if it's two wide receivers who cares you don't even need a second wide receiver really like i mean i just go with more of that mentality because once they zig i'm gonna zag i'm gonna get all those guys we're talking about here i'm gonna get michael thomas in round eight I'm going to get another guy I love, Devontae Smith in round eight. Oh my, he's rising up the boards. I think Devontae Smith is going to outscore Jamar Chase this year. And I've been saying that not just with the recent news, but you have one receiver on the Eagles and you got three receivers on the Bengals. I'm oversimplifying it for sure. And I'm saying there's one guy on the Eagles for sure. And there's plenty of guys on the Bengals and Jamar Chase has been out of football and Devontae Smith is being slept on slim Reaper, baby. I'm, I'm thinking 1100 yards this year, minimum for Devontae Smith. You don't believe in JJ Arcega Whiteside out there in Philly, Jalen Rager coming on strong in year two. Uh, that, <laughs> well, look, Jalen Rager has a little bit of hope, way more hope than a guy like Denzel Mintz, but JJ Arcega White said, Hey, we got to give it to the fantasy community. And I'm just assuming you're on the every fantasy analyst thought that was a crap pick. And I don't, I mean, I just don't picture you a guy where you, I hopefully you weren't on the, JJ <laughs> no, Arcega I, I was not. Yeah, uh, that's one and, thing we, we got right. I was, we we're like, what, who, why? <laughs> well, even then like Wentz liked to use the tight ends more. So it was hard to buy into any of the wide receivers. And then Howie Roseman, now that track record at wide receiver, Hopefully Devontae Smith breaks it because Philly fans are ready to just throw him on a wood pyre right now. I'm telling you guys, this guy's a star. I'm telling you guys right now, Devontae Smith, don't be afraid to take him in Dynasty. I got him six overall in Dynasty rookie draft. Don't be, he even falls to seven or eight sometimes. And talking about variance, rookie Dynasty drafts, Devontae Smith goes second or third 
rarely and all falls all the way to eight. Like that's the biggest variance you'll see um, in, in dynasty drafts. I'm telling you guys right now, draft Devonte Smith. He's great value. I think he's rising up the ADP a little bit. Jamar Chase is going down. You were talking oh about the Watson God. rumors too, in regards to them a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. You know, that's another thing. I have no idea what's going to happen to Watson, but I did hear a report about some loophole that they can't interview him if he's under criminal investigation. And when, and the criminal investigation is going to take a long time, it's going to take like a year or several months. And so they have to, but in the, the league, they have to enter the league can't interview him. The league has to interview him in order to put him on the exempt list. So because of a loophole, he might be out there and yeah, I mean, that's just a huge bonus. Like, I, I'm talking, I'm just assuming 100% it's going to be Jalen Hurts and, you know, flat, backing him up. Joe Flacco, baby, who's looking great. He's looking nice. He's looking looking like a rejuvenated man out there. Uh, but well, yeah, anyone can hit a deep Deshaun ball. Watson. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, he could maybe throw a deep ball still. He was pretty good at it back in the day. Uh, Torrey Smith. So, yeah, and then if you get Deshaun Watson, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. That 1,100-yard prediction is going to seem probably stupid. Okay, one last question here on the sleeper tier. Uh, sophomore wide receivers, LaVisca Chenault or Henry Ruggs III? Who's going to have a better season? I'm a, I'm a slightly hater on Henry Ruggs. He's going at a decent spot, but so I mean, I, I mean, I have to say LaVisca is a much higher floor, so I'm going to go with the safe answer. Okay, fair enough. And then, you know, my last year, I only really had two guys here. It was just guys that, to be honest, I'm not that interested. Just a fantasy journeyman. I could see these guys on multiple benches throughout the year, kind of rotating out. Michael Gallup, Marquise Brown, just Marquise Brown not sold on the passing game out in Baltimore. Don't think it helps that obviously they went out there to acquire Bateman in the draft this year. I think it just hurts also him. Michael Sammy Gallup, Watkins, Sammy Watkins. And, uh, uh, yeah. They drafted uh, a Ty- Duvernay Ty- out there. Yeah. Tylen Wallace. Gosh, I forgot. Exactly. And then Michael Gallup, just obviously the third wide receiver on that team. Yes, I do think that from time to time they'll have a big game just because the Cowboys offense will be electric, but it's going to be so hard to predict that I, I don't think anyone can feel comfortable about where Michael Gallup's going to go. But uh, other than that, man, uh, any closing thoughts on the wide receiver position? Let's, let's talk about these two. This is a good topic. So okay, fair Michael enough. Gallup, I loved him. Do you know, are you familiar with the throne league that I'm in? Can you give me a full breakdown on it? Yeah. Because I'm not so, quite sure on the rules, breakdown, so everything. Smitty came up with this idea. It was community versus community league. So just in short, I basically put up a poll. We have a war room and my followers vote on every pick. Every pick is a real war room, real debates, voting, scouting. And we spy on each other. Like, hey, go look at this guy's rankings, which is great because it's boosts our interact. You know, like it, it gets more views on your page. And so we had the whole like it's a real war room. And then we vote on every pick. So basically all I'm bringing that up is because we drafted like in June. Because it takes, you know, it's just scheduling wise, that's the best time to do it. It takes like two and a half weeks to do it. It's, and it's a lot of work because you have to run a war room. And Michael Gallup went like 11.01 or something. See, that's where I loved him. I'm like, look, Dak, if he can stay healthy, he's going to throw for like 600 million yards. Gallup is a great value. You know, he doesn't even need to be anywhere near your starting lineup. And so I feel like, I feel like that's a great value. But then right after that, not saying it's related, but just around that time, people start talking about Gallup. And so now he's being drafted like in round eight. And so now I have to put 
hit the stop button. Cause like you said, and you know, like now I'm looking now, the now it's outweighing the cons, you know, the cons are big, which is like, what you said to me was just noise. When he was going around 11, you're like, all right, he's going to be inconsistent. You know, he'll put up like what, three, four really good games. And I'm like, whatever, bro. It's that's still, you know, he's going around 11. Like, are you kidding me? He's desk. Now he's round eight. I'm like, yeah, like stop. Like, no, Get, you know, let's go back in time. Let's, no, don't do that. Hit the stop button. Cause now we are like talking about like, he's your flex now. Like you have to start them and it's just no bueno. It's, it's not good value. It's not Hollywood Brown. Okay. So at some point he's good value, but I'm going to admit it. I drafted him in round 13 in my home league and I didn't even like it. So there's just <laughs> like, you can't get him any later than that. I, I literally went, I think Marvin Jones round 11, Cole Beasley round 12 and Hollywood round round 13. And I, I still wasn't satisfied. Like I was like, I was still hungry. Like this, it wasn't even an appetizer to me. I was like, Oh God. So that's how we're feeling about Hollywood round, even in round 13, not a great stuff. I mean, this is a guy that's going to take up roster space on my roster. It's unfortunately it sucks because like Michael Gallup, he will have two, three, four good games. And you know, most weeks they're going to, they're going to try to run the ball a lot. And if they throw, they have other options. Um, there is a little bit of hope though. I think Mark Andrews saying like, all right, man, you know, he's more ripped. He's more ready to go this and that, but just too many things, too many miracles. I'd say very unlikely scenarios have to happen for you to get excited about Hollywood Brown. Too many things have to happen with the Ravens. And with Hollywood, like Hollywood Brown's got to improve. They got to throw more. They got to do three wide receiver sets more. Um, he's got to hit the deep ball better. I think they had the worst or second worst drop rate in the NFL, the Ravens last year. I don't know if I'm right, but it seemed like a Steelers and Ravens dropped a lot of balls last year. Uh, those two teams. So yeah, unfortunately, man, Ravens wide receivers, I can't stand by it. It sounds like, yeah, when you have to ask yourself three or four questions that detour you from picking a guy. That, that should be the marker. Like, yeah, I'll think I'll just let someone else draft him, draft the headache. I, I think Shannon Sharp once said it best too. The problem with Hollywood Brown is he plays like Marquise Brown most of the time and still has to earn the nickname Hollywood. That wraps up the wide receiver breakdown there, the wide receiver tier breakdown. Is it just ever like uh, take you back to like to reflect on how big of a community you've like built up and everything that you've done at this point? Because like I said, man, it's super impressive and it's an inspiration for someone who's just kind of like gaining going like me. Uh, not at all, man. I I'm very, very competitive. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think like that. Like I look at the numbers and I want more like everyone else. I'm not anywhere near as obsessed as everyone else is uh, about numbers. Uh, I'm very blessed, very grateful for the quality of the community um, above the quant, you know, the quantities doesn't mean as much the quality does, you know, like I said, I got my couch captains, we got a discord, we got a war room, we all go hard, you know, we're all voting on the throne league, we're, all, you know, everyone's helping out each other, um, a very positive, totally not toxic, not annoying vibe. Um, and that's what I'm most proud of. And, uh, you know, it's cool. You know, we had we just had our couch draft party best draft party in the world that's what i love and people watch that video it's like a short film and and people get pumped and enjoy it i mean that's all i wanted like i just want people to love the content i put out and for it to mean something 
to people and for people who have community and for fantasy football, it's always remember it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an escape from real life, whether you have a boring job or whether, you know, a lot of things going on uh, in the world or with your family, which, you know, it's, it, it happens a lot. And this is just, uh, I think is, this is the best escape and uh, you know, that's all I really care about, man. Um, obviously have, have success and want more success. And uh, I never take it for granted and failing for seven years, definitely puts it in perspective but i won a ton of leagues last year like a lot like insane amount and uh i'm just as hungry man it's all like it's all about i want to win i want to do the same thing again this year let's go let's get those w's stay hungry my friend uh what are you working on next what can i expect to see from you what can the listeners expect to see from you well by the way how much production went into that draft part because that looks sick man the cameras the everything yeah, it's awesome. insane. It's it's all, you know, they help me. But I mean, as far as like video, it's all me. So I'm working three cameras, four cameras. <laughs> I know it does. And I'm drafting too. Well, because, you know, people can make fun of me. So I got to draft, you know, I got to bring my eggs. So I'm drafting, I'm hosting and uh, I'm working four cameras. Two of the guys are really good photographers at the league. So now we're at six cameras. They're taking photos. Yeah, we got the podium. We got the turducken. Um, this year we had a lot of surprises. Everyone got a, a, a special bottle. Like it was insane. So guys, make sure you go check. It, it's a lot of fun. Everyone likes that video. So, um, please check. I do it for you guys. Like I hate humans. I hate organizing parties. I'm not an in-person dude. I like doing this stuff. Zoom was like, this stuff was meant for me. I don't even like doing that stuff. I do it so I can create a, a really dope video. That's pretty much like a short film. And so people can watch it and they're entertained and they like it and they get hyped it even cheers them up for 10 minutes in their day that's that's why i do i love putting that out i'm working on um sleepers and bus video right now so i got a lot of good content but guys make sure you check that video if that's it you mean if you don't subscribe to my channel which i'd love for you to do make sure you go to my youtube and check out that draft party video give it a give it a rating bro like if you're doing a five stars or 10 or out of 10 on imdb what would you rate that honest answer what would you rate that short film the 2021 couch draft party or grade huh? grade the video like it's a film you know like it's okay. a movie okay yeah. okay let's see here mm, i don't want to be cheesy and say like uh 10 out of 10 Dude, what if bro, i said what, what, what if honest, i give you like a nine honest. point what if i give you a 9.5 because like i said for like you know an independent creator you know you're this is this is all you you know like yeah i'm the editor, images. i'm the organizer i'm the i'm the videographer and a lot of it's got to be one take, too, because we don't have to. And it's like 100 degrees, by the way. So exactly. The fact you're not that. a huge ESPN production or something like that, that that quality, man, like, seriously, that's like at least a nine star, you know, a, a nine out of 10 by my books. So 9.0 out of 10. Let's say 9.0. So 9. what do we got to do 10 just because, you know, I mean, what do we gotta James do Cameron is directing and uh, there hasn't been like a big CGI fight sequence in the back. That's probably the difference between the 10, but you know, Hey, uh, teach their own, you know? Oh, so that's so like, like gotta have Martin writing dialogue. No, Quinn and Tarantino writing dialogue. There we go. Well, there's no dialogue. I'm talking about real, no, but you just mean like even more grand. Like, so if I were to somehow like put 
like twenty thousand or fifty thousand on it, then it would be that's what exactly. you're saying. It has Statue. to have at least a ten million dollar budget. Oh, uh, God. Probably more than what uh, Suicide Squad made an opening weekend. I'm actually really sad about that one, but you know what are you gonna? Hey, do? hey, okay, I, hey, I respect you. So you're basically saying for me, it's it's pretty close to perfect for what I had. But if I had like a, a, a unrealistic budget, you think it would get closer to that ten? I got you. Yeah, what they used to invest in the league. <laughs> Every now and then when remember that show? That was a good show. Oh, yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone like a lot of people that didn't play fantasy liked that show. So it was it was a very good successful it show. It kind of petered off at, after the oh, end there. Once, yeah. uh, t- once Taco started getting too weird and uh Andre started getting too weird and Ruxin started getting too weird. Basically, anytime you see a show and their characters start getting a little bit too much for their character, yeah, that's when you're Hey, it's hard hey, after season four or five it's hard to write for this show and i think did that go like seven eight see something like that i don't know what it went my thing is how did they just have all this access to these random nfl players just these are supposed to be just random suburban white dudes right like and they're just oh yeah you know josh cribs jay cutler yeah just hanging out with them well that's not realistic but you know with the show entourage like we everyone loves cameo so you gotta like i'd rather have that unrealistic cameo than not like it's cool (laughs) cameos are great yeah is it realistic that you'd run into four chicago bears players like in one season no but i'm just hanging out with adrian peterson matthew berry it was cool yeah that's that's awesome that they got that they have cameos like that it's not once in a realistic hey i'm I'm for cameo it's a fun show look i'm not not looking at the realism it's totally unrealistic uh, I love cam. I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for cameos too. I mean, the Entourage movie was absolute garbage, but you know, they had 80 cameos in it, and it kind of like it kind of made up for it. Like it's like, hey, cameo central, baby. All right, guys. Well, Slump Busters, the Fantasy Couch. Check him out. Check out all the projects he's doing, and definitely, like I mentioned, check out his uh, draft party video there. Amazing quality. At Slump Buster Podcast on IG. Check us out. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five star review for us on iTunes. At Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Don't be a chump. Use promo code Slump at CavemanCoffeeCo.com. Yes, CavemanCoffeeCo.com. Promo code Slump. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>